It has been a couple weeks. I think it's been about a month since I've done a podcast. I do apologize. I've been super busy. I've been working on some other projects that I can't wait to announce once they're done. Uh, one of them being my short film Gnome, which will probably be coming out either at the end of December or the beginning of the new year. It's still in post-production. Uh, my director Kyle is working his ass off on it. So if you're watching this, Kyle, shout out to you. Uh, so a lot of exciting things along the way, but it's been hard for me to find the time to sit down and do a podcast. But I knew that I had to talk about this, everything going on with DC, because it seems that day by day, there's something new developing, you know, because obviously DC and Warner Brothers are in a little bit of a transitional period. Discovery bought Warner Brothers, but then Walter Hamada was still running DC. So then they were still operating under their own vision, under their own plans. They wanted to bring back Henry Cavill, but then James Gunn and Peter Safran, they have to build their new universe. So everything has just been chaotic uh, and, and Fans have just been curious as to what's going to happen. Are they going to reboot? Are they going to half reboot? Are they going to keep it going with the crew and and, and Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck and, and Henry Cavill? And while I'm not going to say that a reboot is 100% happening, I think it's very, very likely, especially after the whole Henry Cavill news that we're going to talk about. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to get into my thoughts now. There's so much to address with all this DC news that I'm bound to miss something, but I've written out some notes here to try to keep my thoughts organized. So let's just begin by talking about the idea of a reboot with DC. Uh, I have talked about this before on the podcast in the past, and I've, I've said, I mean, go back and look, I've said I am team reboot. I think that they should just cut it off clean. So much time has passed. So much baggage is built up, whether, whether it's from the toxic Snyder fans or just in general, I mean, DC has been directionless and, and there hasn't been, there hasn't seemed to be a focus for connective story. Now, I know a lot of you will argue that not everything needs to be connected and I can agree with that, but objectively a connective cinematic universe, it sells just look at what Marvel's done the last 13, 14 years. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like to compare from Marvel to DC, but the, the comparisons are inevitable. And you know that Warner Brothers is never going to admit it, but their direct competition is Marvel. And I'm sure in these meetings that they're having, when they're mapping out the rest of the next 10, 15 years, they want to try and, if not meet Marvel, they want to try and exceed them. Uh, and I'm sure that's not the main priority. I'm sure the main priority is tell great stories. Uh, and you know things of that nature, but you can't ignore the fact that Marvel has has overshadowed DC by a long shot. It's it's not even close. You could even argue that the television side of DC has been more successful and garnered more fan intrigue than the actual film universe because some films have been connected in the DCU. I mean, you have you know you have Aquaman, and then but then you have films like Joker, which I mean I love Joker, but you know, there it's 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 confusing to the general audience, right? People like me, people like you, people that are constantly keeping track of the news, we get it, we understand what's happening, but a lot of casual viewers are left kind of scratching their heads. They're like, what the fuck is happening? We have Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. We sort of have Ben Affleck as Batman. We have Robert Pattinson as Batman. And I think the plan is not just for Batman, but I think Peter Safran and James Gunn want to streamline this thing into one cinematic universe. Uh, you know, there, there's questions like, will the Batman be connected? Is that is that going to be the one exception? But just getting back to the reboot here, I've always been a fan of this. Sure, it's going to suck in the interim. A lot of people are going to be upset, but I'm telling you, just wait. Like, everybody's upset that Henry Cavill's fire. And by the way, Henry Cavill's going to be fine. He'll be absolutely okay. He's a movie star. He's going to get more roles. I'm not trying to sound like a dick. It sucks. I'm sure he's passionate about playing the character. But come on, it's not like he's... It's not like he needs this. You know what I'm saying? He'll be okay. Uh, and look, I'm a fan of Henry Cavill. I think he's a great actor. I like him as Superman. I like Man of Steel. Uh, and I've had nothing but positive thoughts about him playing the character. But... I believe there is somebody out there that can do as good of a job, if not better than him. And we'll just have to wait and see. And now that we know that James Gunn is going to be writing the first Superman movie, possibly even directing, I, that for me makes me optimistic. Say what you will about James Gunn. Maybe you're not entirely a fan of his style because he does very much have 
a style to him, and it's very recognizable. You see it when you watch the Guardians films. They feel very different than your traditional MCU film. Um, I think the majority of people are a fan of his work. Just my opinion. But, yeah, so as I was saying, just wait. Like, a lot of people are upset, rightfully so. Um, but give it, like, a couple years once James Gunn and Peter Safran announce everything that's happening and we slowly start to get the leaks, we hear this actor might be playing the character. Then eventually we get a teaser for the first film and public perception will change quickly. Look at the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Just rewind about a year ago. Nobody wanted him to play Batman. Everybody was petitioning, get the fucking Twilight guy out of here. He can't act. He doesn't, he's too skinny. He's not fit. Meanwhile, Watch The Lighthouse, watch Good Time, watch uh, Waiting for the Barbarians. This guy is a fucking amazing actor. And as soon as the Batman came out and as soon as people saw Matt Reeves' direction and his vision and Robert Pattinson's performance, public perception changed pretty fucking quick. And now everybody's, some people think that the Batman is is, is better than the Dark Knight, right? So my, my point here is that everybody is sad and upset right now. But I guarantee you those same people, give it three, four years, are going to be singing a different tune. Trust me. That, that's just how it works. People are short-sighted. People are reactionary. You know, I'm guilty of this too. I've, I've seen reports. I've seen things for, for movies coming out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh my God. And then my opinion changes. And it's, it's natural for your opinion to change, of course. But there's so many people that are even petitioning to get James Gunn fired I just think that's fucking stupid. Like, you haven't even given this guy a chance to show you what he can do. And, I mean, not to go back to Marvel, but DC simply hasn't had the same consistent success as Marvel. They've had some hits, but more times than not, financially, their films haven't made that much money. I think... You know, I could definitely be wrong on this, but I think that the there's only been like what one billion dollar film, and you know, I know today's society and today's culture on YouTube, if the, if the film didn't make a billion dollars, it's it's considered a failure. I'm not one of these people, but when you have these big tentpole blockbuster comic book movies like Batman v Superman, those films should almost be a lock to make a billion dollars, at least close to it. And the fact that Aquaman is the only one that's done it, I don't know. I mean. Look, not every Marvel movie makes makes a billion dollars. I know that, but I mean, I, it, it speaks for itself. Um, so I, I'll stop the comparisons with Marvel, but I mean, what else can I address here? Uh, okay, yeah, let, let's address Matt Reeves and let's, let's address the Batman. So there was some news and some reports and there was even an article uh, published by, I think, Variety stating that Peter Safran and Matt Reeves are considering using that version of Batman for their new DC Cinematic Universe. And then James Gunn quickly shot this down on Twitter. But then again, James Gunn shot down the whole news about Henry Cavill. Uh, and then we saw what happened. Henry Cavill got fired. Uh, so who knows? But I, I actually tend to believe him here. I just don't think it really makes sense. Uh, it's just pretty obvious. You watch Matt Reeves' Batman. It does not seem like the kind of universe, the kind of world that's going to have flying immortal people that are shooting beams from their eyes and, 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 you know, have God tier strength. It just doesn't seem like that. It's very much, uh, Christopher Nolan in terms of it's, it's as, you know, realistic. I say that in air quotes, realistic as it is, if a superhero existed and, you know, you can't even really call Batman a superhero. Um, so I think that is probably going to be the only thing that is separate. However, nothing is off the table. If they announce tomorrow that the Batman 2 will be the jumpstart for the DCU, I will not be shocked, but I will be disappointed because I don't want to see this Batman in a cinematic universe. Personally, for me, like I said, I just think they're already streamlining that world into its own universe. That's the beauty and that's the rich history of that character. You can have a whole cinematic universe just for Batman. That's what we're seeing with uh, the Penguin series and with the Arkham series. But hold on a second though. Matt Reeves' Batman may not be in this new DCU, but I think we're still going to get a Batman. And uh, Josh from 
or, or Chris, I can't remember his name from uh, 3C Films, brought up a good point, and I do agree. So I, I give you credit here, my friend. He said that what, what they'll probably do is that uh, they'll have a Batman in that cinematic universe act as almost the Tony Stark, right? He had his three films, uh, but then from there, there was another eight years that went by when he didn't get a solo film. Instead, he popped up in several different other Marvel movies to add to that connectivity. And Chris further went on to say that I could see them not even giving that version of Batman a solo film, but instead just having him pop up in a lot of other characters' movies in the DCU. That would make sense. So that way you have, you are technically getting your solo Batman films with Matt Reeves, but then you're getting the new DCU Batman popping up in, you know, whatever, Green Lantern or Superman or Wonder Woman, whatever those films will be called. That's something I could definitely see. Uh, and then, okay, so yeah, the next thing we'll address here, what happens with next year? Because next year we still have The Flash. We still have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. We still have Shazam, Fury of the Gods. We have Blue Beetle. First and foremost, I don't think these films are going to be scrapped. I think Batgirl was a very different situation. That film was just kind of caught in the crossfire. It was meant for TV. It was, it was made for, for the small screen. Uh, it got adapted to get a theatrical release. People on the inside weren't confident in it. They didn't think it fit or, or, or represented what DC wanted to do moving forward. So they cut it for a tax write-off. Uh, I think this is different. I think Warner Brothers is a lot more confident in these films. And I've heard a lot of people say like, well, what's the point? These films aren't connecting to the greater, the to, to the new DCU. And what I'll say to that is, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. We, you and I, the people that keep up with this stuff on a daily basis, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna ask those questions and rightfully so, it makes sense. What's the point? They don't connect. They're basically meaningless superhero films to just get us through 2023. But we're a very small section of the fan base. The casual audience member, they're not keeping up with this stuff. A lot of people won't even realize that there's going to be a new DC Cinematic Universe several years from now. So as far as I'm concerned, casual viewers are going to say, oh, hey, we got a new Shazam. I like the first one. It was pretty good. I'll go see the second one. They're not thinking about, is this going to lead to a crisis on infinite earths? Like That's not going through the casual viewer's head. They're just, you know what, let me go see a fun film. I like the first Aquaman, let me go see this one. And it, it's a way for DC to make a couple extra million bucks, you know what I mean? So I, I definitely think from a monetary perspective, from a business perspective, it wouldn't make sense to cut, what is that, four, three films, just cut them off. I just don't think that would make any sense. And I think you'd have a lot of people angry and potentially some suits, uh, some lawsuits on hand. Because it's one thing to cut back, girl, but you cut three of these films, that that could be that could be bad. Um, so I think just put them out, make some money. You're probably not going to make a lot of money, but you'll probably you'll. I could see like Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom out of the three of those films making a pretty decent amount of money. I'd say anywhere from probably the seven to eight hundred million dollar range. Because as I mentioned earlier, that first Aquaman is the only DC movie that's made a billion dollars. Uh, so you know. They'll get some success, they'll, 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 you know, get recognized, and then that'll be it, cut it out, begin the new DCU. Um, so, so that's my thoughts. Uh, okay, yeah, so let's circle back to, and once again, I apologize if I'm all over the place. As I mentioned, there's just so much that has gone on with this, uh, with this ongoing story of DC. I've just been trying to catch everything up. And talk about it in as organized as I can. So, I didn't really talk about this in depth, but let's go back to Superman, Henry Cavill. And this is the statement that he put out yesterday. I'm going to find it here really, really quick. This came out pretty late last night too. Usually this sort of news comes out earlier in the day. Um, let me see. Okay, so this is right from Henry Cavill. He he put out the statement last night. And I got to admit, it's a very uh, classy statement. And he's taken the high road. You know, he could have sat there and said, 
you all, sorry, um, you could have sat there and said, hey, you know, you guys are wasting my time. You made me want to come back and now you're pulling the rug from under me, but you know, he's a professional. But anyways, this is what he said. I've just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. Oh, they didn't put the rest of the quote in. What? Hold on. Oh, that's why I didn't. I'm on some stupid website. Okay. Where is it? Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay, here we go. Let's start from the beginning. Let me just see where we're at here. Uh, okay, here we go. I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October, he's referring to Black Adam, uh, prior to the hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them all... I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. He goes on to say, for those who ugh, can't speak, for those who have been by my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit, then we must remember. Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists, and the examples he sets for us are still there. My turn to my turn to wear the cape is past, but what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride with you all, onwards and upwards. We often get these statements from celebrities and you could tell it's half the time you could tell it's not even from their own words it's it's something conjured up by their publicists uh by the general idea of of what the actual uh, of what the actual celebrity wants to say but they can't convey it in a way that's i don't know uh professional enough whatever but this seems like the most thorough and most honest statement i've ever heard from a celebrity in regards to announcing you know sad news whatever i, I say that in air quotes there's so many worse fucking things going on in the world um i'm gonna answer a phone call shes when i'm currently doing a podcast and i'm on camera answering the call what's going on my man that's that's okay no i'll call you back though okay Okay, well, I will talk to you about it later. Okay, see ya. Sorry about that, guys. I will not edit that out. That is life. Um, but yeah, getting back to, to to Henry Cavill, I mean, that was as honest as that can be. You know, I often read these statements, and I can definitely tell, you know, they're leaving some things out. They're not being entirely truthful. And, you know, they don't necessarily have to, but I think as fans, we appreciate it more if you just kind of come forward, right? And I, I don't feel like anything was left out. And if anything, Henry Cavill seems a lot more sad by this news than James Gunn. James Gunn, on the other hand, chimed in on this. Uh, let me see if I can find it. James Gunn. Discusses slight. Basically, while I find it, he I'm going to paraphrase. He essentially told everyone that, hey, we talked to Henry Cavill, and he will, in fact, not be playing our Superman since we intend on writing a new Superman film with a younger Superman, so Henry Cavill won't be able to play the part. So he didn't say, like, oh, we're rebooting, so we need a new Superman. He said that we're making a new Superman film that's going to be showing a young Superman in the early days of him as a reporter in Metropolis, and therefore Henry Cavill won't be able to play the character because he's too old, I guess. I mean, he is 40. And if that is the intention, then, I mean, that does make sense. I get that. Uh, but I also think that the reason why is because they want to reboot. Why can't I find this? Okay, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to take another pause here. But, yeah, so I think, I think I've pretty much talked about everything in that regard. Uh, this it, it, It's wild. And, and just to kind of round up my thoughts... I am team reboot. I think it's the right thing to do. There's just been so much shit going on, whether you want to talk about Ezra Miller or you want to talk about this, that, and the other, the changing of regimes and leadership. It's just not, it's the culture seems like it's in shambles, right? I, if you look at a sports team, when you look at teams that are constantly getting a new coach every year, constantly, 
uh, firing the executives, getting a new GM. It just there 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 hasn't there's not like a a main person you could point to and say that's the guy that's going to take it or that's the woman that's going to take us forward for the next whatever 10 12 years and it seems like now dc is course correcting they're making the right decisions and while a lot of you understandably are upset by this i totally get it give it a couple of years i think a lot of you will be pretty excited i'm talking about like i know the plans for all i know i i could be in the same boat as you Three years from now, we could get the next, the first Superman movie, and it could be totally awful, and I could be singing a different tune as well, so I gotta, I gotta hold myself accountable in that regard. I just, judging by the cycle of fandom, that's usually how these things work. A new actor gets announced, people freak out, because in their mind, they, they, they already know what the movie's gonna look like, at least they think they do, and they get this preconceived notion of the actor or actress playing the character, and they think, oh, it's just not gonna work. It's just, no. Right, we saw that with Heath Ledger, all the way back in the day that happened with Michael Keaton. It's just the way it works. Uh, I I'm of the belief that you you wait and see, you give it time, wait for a trailer, wait for the film, then you make judgment. That's just my opinion. Uh, but yeah, so there's some more that we're gonna talk about. Uh, now let's sort of get into what I think they're gonna do and how I think they're gonna start the DCU. Okay, so I was trying to find these tweets from James Gunn, and I did find them while I was taking a quick break. Uh, and let's start off with this. So he talks about Superman. He says uh, quite a few things. He even talked about Ben Affleck. We forgot to mention that. Um, okay, so let's start off with this. Pete, referring to Peter Safran. Pete and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon excited about. That, to me, that statement right there, that gets me beyond excited. And I haven't been this excited for the DC since pretty much whenever a Batman film comes out. Because Batman, I've said this before, Batman is my favorite superhero to watch. Marvel is my favorite collection of superheroes. But I have... I've wanted to be more excited. I've wanted to look forward and be interested in a DC Cinematic Universe, but there really hasn't been one. There's been one here, one there, but not one streamlined universe. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying they have to copy Marvel, but it's nice to see that they have a plan. They have a future ahead of them that they're going to build towards. Now, not everything always goes according to plan, but at least they have a they have a through line that they can kind of follow. They have they have a slate, and next year's Comic-Con, for the first time in years, we're actually going to be excited for some DC content. It's not just going to be Marvel. It's not just going to be whatever TV. Now we're going to have Marvel, and we're going to have DC. DC's going to come out there, and they're going to have new things to talk about. All DC did last year was just talk about like Black Adam and stuff, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about Black Adam <clears throat> as well. But he goes on to say, we'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Then he sent another tweet. He said, among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill, which is what I explained earlier. But we just had a great meeting with Henry, and we're big fans, and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Now... People are speculating, are they going to recast him in in, in uh, playing another character? And a lot of people are using what's going on with Jason Momoa as a point of reference because while it's not confirmed, the word going around is that uh, Jason Momoa is done playing Aquaman. He's already talked about it with James Gunn, but he's now instead going to be playing the character of Lobo. Now, I won't lie to you. I really don't know much about this character. He's apparently uh, this sort of... Uh, cosmic like Thor like kind of character that could be a terrible description very generalized uh, for those of you down there who know who know more about the character feel free to educate me but and apparently Jason Momoa is over the moon excited about this so and it makes sense well I don't know much about the Lobo character I've seen uh, images of what he looks like in the comics and I do think that Jason Momoa very much fits at least uh, aesthetically and the physique, it looks like he fits he fits the character very well. I think with Henry Cavill, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit bittersweet because at any time that they're going to see him, if he does, let's say he does play another character in the DCU, people are just going to have this sour taste left in their mouth of, 
well, he could have been Superman and we could have had something completely different. And to me, I just don't think that's going to work. And I don't even know if, if Henry Cavill would even want to do something like that personally for me. I think he's... He's been going on a roller coaster from being told he was going to be Superman again to now he's being told he's not going to be Superman. And that's not really anybody's fault. James Gunn and Peter Safran, they got a job to do. They signed a four-year deal to map out the next 10 years of DC. And they feel, and I think a lot of people agree with them, myself included, that the best way to move forward and to just cut ties from everything, Snyder, everything, reboot. And I, I completely agree. I think that's the right move. And that's that's what they have to do. That's what they're getting paid to do. So they're just doing their job. And Henry Cavill, he will be fine. Uh, and I think now maybe even there's been talks of him playing Hyperion and the MCU. You know, maybe that's on the table now. Who knows? Uh, I've seen people say uh, uh, Reed Richards. To me, I personally don't see that. Uh, but, you know, conversation for another day. But... Let's go on here. He talks about Ben Affleck. Uh, actually, wait. Um, uh, someone said being a part of the slate. I assume it's a movie. Obviously, James Gunn said yes. And then he continue on to talk about the Superman project. He says, I am a fan asked, are you writing slash directing? He responded by saying, I am writing. Uh, and then brackets, I have been for a while. So he's been working on this already. Uh, and then he says, we don't know who is directing yet. I, I I think it makes sense for him to write it. I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure st- starting a new DC, DC Cinematic Universe. And I think as a way to launch it and to really project that vision that he and Peter Safran has, of course, James Gunn being a great filmmaker that he is, uh, he wants to start things off his way, almost like a pilot to a TV show. You get the you get the best director for the job. You get them to direct that first episode, set the tone for the rest of the season. I think that's sort of what we're going to be seeing here. Uh, he could direct it, but I think it's pretty cool that he's going to be writing it. Of course, James Gunn hasn't ever uh, made a comic book film of, you know, aside, like, sorry, let me rephrase. He's only ever made comic book movies of characters that initially weren't widely recognized by general audiences, i.e. Guardians of the Galaxy, the Suicide Squad, you guys get the deal. And he's expressed in the past how I've wanted to do a Superman film, but, you know, a Superman film will get made. Characters like Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, like who's going to tell those stories? Probably not for a long time. So now that he's in charge of it all, now he kind of has to. Um, and, and, but I don't think he's doing it for that reason. I think he just wants to set the tone for what the DC cinematic universe is going, is going to look like. Um, let's see here. Let's see the Ben Affleck tweet. And somebody asked him, could at Ben Affleck direct met with, and this is what he responded with met with Ben yesterday precisely because he wants to direct and we want him to direct. We just have to find the right project. Okay. I'm just going to say here. If they do decide to make a solo Batman film, essentially have two Batmans simultaneously and have a new Batman for the cinematic universe, please, please let Ben Affleck direct it. And I'm not saying that because of everything that was going to happen in the past, because if they were to even do this, they're not going to do the original vision that Ben Affleck had with the script that he wrote for him and, and Deathstroke. I just think it's perfect for him to do it. Uh, I'm sure even while filming, even while he was working with Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon, he probably had great ideas of his own. So I would love to see him manifest that in his own vision for the character. And I just think, you know, just, just for the simple fact that Ben Affleck is a fucking good director. You could even argue that he's a better director than he is an actor. I mean, I love Ben Affleck as an actor, but I would even say his brother, Casey Affleck is a better actor. Go watch Manchester by the Sea. I don't twist my words. Ben Affleck is an Academy level. He's an, he's an Academy level actor and an Academy level director. But I personally think his directing for me has been more memorable. The Town, Gone Baby Gone, Argo. I mean, this this guy's a visionary. So I think having him on board, him already working with the studio before, there's an established relationship. I think it makes sense. And I would love to see him direct a Batman movie. It could be, they, they could do something else, whatever. But I would love to see that. Uh now let's let's circle back to what I what I talked about earlier. What's going to be that first film to start the cinematic universe? Now, a lot of people are assuming that it's going to be this new Superman movie. 
the reason I, 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 I'm mostly with you guys. I believe that that definitely could be the case. But what I'll counter with is that I think one of the only reasons why James Gunn was willing to give this information about this upcoming Superman film is because of all the discussions surrounding Henry Cavill. Fans are eager, are you know, fans are eager to know what's gonna what, what's happening in general with the cinematic universe. But a lot of people want to know what's happening with Henry Cavill and, by extension, Superman. So I think he wanted to just kind of silence that discussion. Let you know, just set the record straight and just come forward and finally just address and saying, like, hey, we have all these other things going on, but I think he wanted to tell people about Superman right now so we can just stop the discussion, stop the speculation of is Henry Cavill gonna be here? Is he not? Blah blah blah. So that 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 could be what we're seeing. That might not be the first film to begin the cinematic universe. There's a lot of you know. A lot of people are speculating, and I don't think there's any truth behind this, um, but a lot of people are, are speculating, you know, could they just start off this new cinematic universe right at the gate with a Justice League film? Uh, I actually think that's a pretty good idea. I think it'd be cool to start out that way, and then from there, you almost do the reverse of what Marvel did, right? Marvel, they made a made an Iron Man movie, they made a Thor movie, they made a Captain America movie, they got you familiar with the characters, and then they built, they built themselves up to the Avengers. I think why it's different this time with DC is because back then, nobody really knew who Iron Man was, nobody really knew who Captain America was, nobody really knew who Thor was, aside from, of course, the hardcore fans, but everybody knows who Batman is. Everybody knows who Superman is. Everybody knows who Wonder Woman is. Everybody understands the origin stories. We don't need to see Superman, or we don't need to see uh, Kal-El escape through Krypton and, and and grow up in Smallville. We don't need to see that. We don't need to see Bruce Wayne going through his early years and seeing his parents get killed again by Joe Chill in Crime Alley. We, we understand that we know that. Casual fans know that they get it. These are more... These are characters that more people are familiar with, whereas with back then, when Marvel was first starting out in 2003, whatever, nobody, I'm not going to say nobody, not as much people knew of these characters. Of course, now everybody knows Iron Man and Captain America and so on, but that's after 10 plus years of storytelling. So I think, I think DC has characters that pretty much everybody knows, at least on a baseline level. I think you could start out with a Justice League. Now that is very, very risky because if that flops... That, that that'll that'll be a rock in a hard place. Then then there's going to be discussions as do we not continue the cinematic universe? Although I'm going to push back on that because even if whatever the first film they do for the DCEU, even if it's not great, I think they put their all their eggs in one basket. They've invested so much in this slate. They've just apparently pitched it to Zaslav and he's greenlit it. So. I think that they're going to continue no matter what, and that's just normal. I mean, you look at the you look at the MCU. There's some films that are more uh, well received than others. Not there's some films that a lot of people don't like. I mean, you have Captain Marvel. I particularly am not a huge fan of that. Uh, you have uh, Thor: The Dark World, but you continue forward, right? Because there are there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some not not everything is going to go a plus all the way through. So I think regardless, you know, barring a huge defeat in the first film, I think I think if it's not this like out of the gate guns blazing breaking records film, I think they'll still probably end up continuing forward. So do I think that the Superman film is going to be that first film to start off the DC universe? I'd probably lean towards yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just if James Gunn just announced that Superman film and gave a little bit of breadcrumbs about it because he wanted to silence the the chatter about Henry Cavill and just move on from that, right? Just rip off the band-aid. I would not be surprised if they start off with the Justice League just right out the gate. Then you peel off and then you give the solo movies, and then while they're having their adventures and fighting their villains, then they you can reference the events of Justice League or, or whatever, or you can have other members from the Justice League pop up in their films. I don't think that they're just going to copy the Marvel formula. They are trying to build a cinematic universe, but I think how they approach it is going to be a lot different. And there was some chatter that, you know, DC, before the regime change, they were going to build to a crisis on Infinite Earths, which is essentially DC's version of Avengers Secret Wars. But I think, I think James Gunn understands, doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, that 
Marvel is building to the multiverse. That seems to be the MacGuffin of this decade. That seems to be something that everybody wants to do. I think they're going to try and do something different. I don't think that Crisis is going to be the Avengers, if you will, the the the, the end game, if you will. I don't think that's, that's what they're going to be building towards because then it's really going to be like, okay, multiverse is everywhere. Like people are going to get tired of that pretty quick. Personally, I won't. I'm going to eat it all up, but I can understand why a lot of people would get fatigued by that. So I think they're going to separate away from crisis, put it on the shelf. I'm sure they'll do it one day, but I don't think that's going to be there for this first saga. I don't think that's going to be their big end game film that they're going to build towards. Personally, me just speaking, I could be completely wrong. I'm just speculating. Sorry, I'm chewing ice. Let's see here. Where are we at? Okay. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I lied. No, it's not. I see. I keep thinking of things to talk about off the top of my head. So I want to talk about the Suicide Squad and I want to talk about uh, Peacemaker for a moment because a lot of people are, a lot of people like me are on board for this reboot. But I think if you're going to do a reboot, don't half-ass it. You either go all in or you don't do it at all. Don't take out Henry Cavill but then keep in John Cena and Peacemaker just because before you were the head of DC, you made a film that you liked and a lot of people liked. Regardless, I think if you're going to reboot, I think you cut it all and I think you start fresh. And it'll be really, in my opinion, I think it's a bad look if you say, okay, bye-bye Henry Cavill, but we're going to keep John Cena, we're going to keep Peacemaker and, and all that stuff that's been spun off from the Suicide Squad film. That's not a good look. I think you, you, you got to look in the mirror and say, hey, I had a great time making that film. I'm going to cherish those memories forever, but I got to build up this universe and, and I want to build it from the ground up. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to sacrifice that film in, in, in that potential story. It, it could be like next year, you know, they might still release season two of Peacemaker. I don't even know if they've filmed that yet. I think it's still in pre-production. They might just give fans that last season and then from there uh, start the cinematic universe. But at that point, I mean, that'll be that'll be pretty late in the game because if they haven't even started shooting Peacemaker season two, that probably won't come out till like 2025, 2024. So then, then you're not looking for that cinematic universe to start till like 2026. I don't think they want to wait that long considering they only have a four-year deal, which I'm sure by the time that deal uh, nears its end, I'm sure they'll probably re-up. Assuming things mostly go well, which I'm sure they will. I've never been against them running the studio. I think it was a good move. Um, and I think even before that, there were some names getting thrown around of, of, of other famous Hollywood producers running DC that had never written, read a comic book in their life. I never was, to me, that was never the right move. So I'm glad that they got, they got a, a successful producer who's produced a lot of these DC films that were under the Hamada regime with Peter Safran, who also helped flesh out the Conjuring universe. And, of course, you have James Gunn, who's a revolutionary filmmaker and uh, and loves DC and he's familiar with the character. So, I, I've always been on board for that. Um, but we know that Wonder Woman's out. We know that Henry Cavill's out. We, I think we've known Ben Affleck is done for a while, which sucks because I like Ben Affleck and I would have loved to see him get his solo film, but... I definitely don't think we're getting that. And a lot of the cameos that have been shot with Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, apparently all of them are cut, uh, maybe except for The Flash, because apparently Ben Affleck actually plays a pivotal role in that film, whereas I think his cameo, Ben Affleck's cameo in Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, I think was more of just something for the fans. Uh, once again, just speculating, don't know that to be true or not. Uh, but apparently the the, the the discussion is to just remove, go Morbius style, remove all Spider-Man references. And uh, yeah, so I think that's that in this case, it makes sense because you have a new universe on the rise. You don't want to tease things to fans like that. That's the worst thing to do. You know, you almost don't even want these films to 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 garnish a. A whole load of love from the community because then they're going to be asking for more and then you're going to disappoint a lot more fans now inevitably not everybody is going to be happy you're going to disappoint some people but i think if you add all these cameos and you tease all these different films and then they just don't follow through that will piss a lot of people off so i think just cutting most of the cameos to me makes sense uh 
And yeah, and I'm excited. I I really, really am. Um, I think the future's looking bright. And I think for once, I am almost just as excited as I am for DC's future as I am for Marvel. Now, I can already see people in the next month when this... Uh, even in the next few weeks, once once this slate gets online and we hear about the news, people are going to say, oh, they're the kings of the comic book movie genre now. Marvel's done. Marvel's... I can already see that discussion happening. Make no mistake, I am still three times as more excited for the MCU. We got Secret Wars coming. We got more Kang and Ant-Man of the Lost Quantumania. So I'm not going to be reactionary in that regard. But don't be surprised if you see on the internet people, people starting to say like, oh, I think Marvel's in trouble, even though... We haven't seen a single project come out from this new regime, but I am confident in them. And I do think that they will do a great job. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much, I, I've, I've said this three times now, and then I've thought about more things to say, but I think I've gone all my thoughts through in regards to, uh, to the whole DC Cinematic Universe reboot. I'm on board for it. I hope they go all in with the reboot and I hope they just say goodbye to everybody. They've had their films. I think it's just time for a new regime, new actors, give more people opportunities and we'll have to see how it goes. Now we're going to move over and we're going to talk about some more DC stuff, uh, but we're going to talk about Joker Fully Ado because production had just begun with the film last week. All right, so... Yeah, talking about Joker Folia Do now, let's just talk about Joker first. That was a film that not a lot of people had high expectations for. A lot of people, honestly, myself included, I was wondering, you know, how are you going to tell a story about this character that's so deeply tied and connected to Batman? He pretty much only exists because of Batman. How are you going to tell a solo story without that character being a part of it, right? It's a, it's a logical question to ask. But once I started to hear that, they got Todd Phillips and Scott Silver to to to, to be the writers. They got Todd Phillips to direct this thing. Uh, they 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 have Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is one of is is a generational actor. I, I study him. I study Daniel Day Lewis. Like they are one of the most. He's one of the most phenomenal actors of all time. So. And he's very, very careful with the projects that he chooses. He doesn't. He doesn't just do anything. He doesn't. He doesn't go for you know the paycheck gigs. This guy is very careful with what he does. So the fact that he was on board, I started to grow interest. I started to become more confident that okay, this must be something very interesting. And then we saw this film happen. And it's it's a character study of a man who's neglected by society, a man who who has. He was deep rooted childhood trauma. He's he has resentment for his mother. I mean, he was he was abused, right? We we saw that as a kid, and basically he was chewed up and spit up by society. He was invisible to everybody, and he he didn't get the care. He didn't have the resources, uh, and then inevitably he became crazy. And and I'm not trying to condone his violence. I mean, violence is. Violence is not inherent with mental illness. Like just because somebody is mentally ill, it does not mean that they're inherently going to be violent people. That's not the case. But somebody in his position, he didn't have control in himself. He didn't get the proper care he needed. So unfortunately, he resorted to violence, which is obviously wrong. I'm not trying to sit here and condone that. But there is always a method to the madness, if you will, without you know sympathizing for them. Stories like this at least humanize them. You you don't agree with what they're doing, but you see what's happening. And that's sort of what happened with the Joker. It's pretty much, um, it takes, it obviously draws inspiration from, you know, Taxi Driver, uh, King of Comedy, which, uh, you know, Todd Phillips has talked about many, many times, but it is a truly incredible story. And they took a lot of liberties. I mean, for Christ's sake, the joke, there's, there isn't an Arthur Fleck in the comics as a Joker. So right then and there, this story, like I, I actually look at this film less as a Joker film. Like when I think about the Joker, I don't really think about the clown prince of crime, right? I, I almost look at this movie as just a, as I mentioned, a character study that so happens to be about the Joker. Uh, yeah, we, we see Bruce Wayne as a kid, but there really is no, obviously it's not connected to any cinematic universe, uh, but it's certainly not, you know, setting up him versus Batman and whatever. Uh, it, overall, it's a very dark film, but I love it, and I think Walking Phoenix definitely 
<clears throat> definitely deserved and and, and uh, should have. And he did get the the Oscar for Best Actor. And I even thought Todd Phillips should should have definitely gotten. I don't. He might have gotten nominated for Best Director, but. What it, I can't even remember what came out that year. There was all, 2019 was a big year for movies. That that year before the pandemic, I mean, we had Endgame, we had Knives Out, we had obviously Joker, we had... I'm probably forgetting some other films, but yeah. Um, and Todd Phillips had said in many, many interviews that this is a this is a solo film. There's no, We're not trying to franchise this. This is the one and done. Inevitably and unexpectedly, the film made a billion dollars. And at that point, you know... Discussions start to happen. You start to think of the idea, and once you get that idea in your head, then you're like, okay, well now, well now, now we got to make a sequel to this. I mean, so, and then if you know, it, it was announced that through Todd Phillips, who's pretty much done a lot of the announcing and, and updating for the fans. Like he posted the photo of the script when it was done. It was written by him and once again Scott Silver. Then we saw a photo of Joaquin sitting on some you know balcony view, uh, reading the script. And then now, a couple days ago, we got the first photo of pr- production beginning. It said day one from our boy. I'm going to look at it again here. It was crazy. So we got that photo of Joaquin in, I think, June or July. I've been reading the script. And apparently, he got an absolute bag of money. Him and Todd Phillips. I think they both got like $30 million or something. I mean, which makes sense. The, the first film had a budget of like $50, 60000000 million. The fact that it grossed a billion dollars, like... You know, a lot of movies that make, you know, four or five hundred million, that seems good on paper, but then you gotta divide that money to the studio, you gotta divide that money to the actor, to to the to the cinema. It's just like it gets eaten up. So a film never truly makes a billion dollars unless, of course, you're like Endgame or Avatar. So the fact that the film had such a such a shoestring budget, and I say that obviously, sixty million dollars is a lot of money, but in Hollywood, you know, a lot of these movies nowadays are getting made for hundred plus million, so that's definitely on the lesser side. And it, the man, the fact that it managed to grow that much money, that is almost unheard of. Uh, but let me see, Todd Phillips. Yeah, so he posted the Joker follow you do, and then we got the title, and then everybody was wondering, you know, what's that mean? It's obviously in French, and I. I I actually want to remind myself again what that means. Folie do. Delusion or mental illness shared by two people in close association. That makes sense because, of course, Harley Quinn is going to be in this film played by Lady Gaga, which a lot of people were losing their fucking minds over. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Lady Gaga. I think she's two for two. She was incredible in A Star is Born. And she was... I, I really like the House of Gucci. I think she's a great actor. I think she's she's a she is an entertainer, right? Of course, we, we know her for the music. But I think a lot of people just have the it factor. And I think she has the it factor. She is great. So I have no problem with her being Harley Quinn. And I think she'll do a great job. Um, But yeah, getting back to what I was saying here. Oh yeah, let's look at this photo. I'll try and... I don't know if you guys can see that there. But yeah, we see Joaquin. And it it looks like he's in character. Uh, This might even be a still. Like This might even be an actual scene from the film. Um, and it, apparently the most of the film will take place in Arkham Asylum, which only makes sense because that's where the film ended. And it's just going to be essentially him and Harley Quinn just fucking shit up, uh, causing trouble in Arkham. He, you could, you could see the cigarette burns on his arm. I don't know if they even show that in the first film, but clearly that's probably from his mother. And you can just see that Joaquin Phoenix has tortured himself and put him, his body through hell. But that's what you got to do. Like, his, you know, when it comes to body transformations, whether you're losing weight, putting on weight. I think as an actor, it's necessary. Like Matthew McConaughey talked about this when he played Ron Woodruff in Dallas Buyers Club. He said like, if you walk in the theater and you see the way I look now, healthy weight, you know, in, in decent shape, and I'm playing a guy with stage four HIV, your mind is out of the theater. Like that, those were his words. I'm pretty sure. I'm paraphrasing, but that makes sense, right? As an audience member, if you see somebody that looks healthy, but they're playing a character that's that that's supposed to be malnourished, that's supposed to be ill physically and mentally, like, you know, it's not, as, as an audience member, it's going to be hard for you to buy in and believe on that. And Todd Phillips talked in the past about how, like, we approached Joaquin, we said, hey, we can get you on this professional diet, so that way you're not completely destroying yourself and you'll be able to progressively lose the weight. Joaquin said, I got my own way of doing it. 
I'm just, I'm just not going to eat. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not advising that, but as an actor, it's you, you're living truthfully, truthful. This is what I can't remember this quote. I think it's either from Chekhov or Stanislavski uh, or, or, or Meisner. can't remember, but your acting is a living truthfully in an imaginary situation. So you, you're not really acting, you're reacting and you need to live through the character. Right, you're embodying the character. You have to remove yourself. I'm almost giving like an acting lesson right now. So that's what Joaquin does. That's why he's so good. He inhabits the characters. He morphs. He's like a chameleon. He morphs into these roles. So, and you could see that he's doing that again. He looks. You could see his ribs. You could see like he he looks. He almost it almost looks like he has abs, but it's really just because he's so skinny. Uh, and if you look at that photo of him reading the script in June, like I, I'm not trying to sound disrespectful, but you could definitely tell there's a little bit more weight on him, right? Uh, but now he looks like he's shredded in the worst sense possible. Uh, but I'm so excited. Now, a lot of people have been upset and been worried that the word musical has gone around. And a lot of reports have come out clarifying that there will be musical elements in the film. But it will not be a full-on musical. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a whole song and dance thing going on here. Uh, and I think a lot of the musical elements will probably have to do with the delusion that's going on in their head. How they're viewing what's happening in front of them. A sort of shared psychosis, right? And that, them dancing, and then it could be their way of sort of dealing with the trauma that they're going through or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Or dealing with all the catastrophe in front of them. Who knows? But it's going to be great. I'm excited for it. Uh, and I'm sure we'll probably get another Oscar-worthy performance and direction from both Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips. Uh, and maybe even uh, Lady Gaga. But yeah, so I think that's going to wrap up today's podcast, everybody. I'm sorry it was all over the place. I'm normally more organized about this stuff, but there's just so much I, 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 I've missed and I haven't talked about week by week. So I had to conglomerate it all together and just boom, 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 just address everything. So thank you very much. If you made it this far, I would really appreciate you guys subscribing and liking the videos, spreading it out to the algorithm uh, and comment what you think. Are you team reboot? Are you excited for Joker? Fully you do. Let me don't let me know down in the comments below and guys, Stay safe, stay happy, healthy, everything in between. Have a good night.